Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. On this episode of Barbecue and Tech, getting started with sous vide. We actually have a special guest on with us today. His name is Sean Barker. I've known Sean now for 21 years. Actually, when I first got into technology, he was actually one of the people who trained me. Uh, I subsequently left the company years later. Chris is still working with Sean uh, now many and, years later. They're way better friends than we were just because Chris is still training now. me. He's still training you 12 years later. Eventually you'll get it right. But Sean's also a a sommelier. So hopefully as we go through, he'll be able to tell us what kind of wines to pair with our our food. And that's what I'm excited about because (laughs) I think if if you're anybody who's eating food, the first thing you realize when you go in to buy food or you try to buy wine, it's like, I don't know. Just you ask the guy who's behind the counter. He's probably the worst person to recommend anything to you. So uh, nice to have you here, Sean. Hey, well, appreciate you guys having me. I'm really excited to be here. My man, just let me tell, let me let the folks understand what's going on to, right now. This dude, I, I don't like a lot of people, if I'm to be honest. Yeah, but like this, me. Yeah, no. The, the fact that we've been friends for as long as we've been friends is amazing in of itself. But this guy, loosely. this guy right here, I love to death and is one truly one of my favorite human beings on this planet. We, you know, we still work together. We're actually still coworkers. I've been to his house. Well, we've broke bread together at his house, uh, which is why he was the perfect person for this uh, topic. He came down to experience a uh, tailgate with me. And I went, when I say I went all out, I mean, I went all the way out, you know, like we did for Allison when she came. And so I'm so happy to 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 do this, my man. I appreciate so you. Served you served him bad ribs as well, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I was not happy. We barely even made it to the football game. I, oh, that's all we did was the tailgate. It was uh, it was one of the best trips I've had. It was great. And, and it, to, the special part about it is Sean is Canadian, so they don't. He's never. That was his first tailgate ever. They didn't, you know, really ever do that before. So that was the first part of it. And you're in Ottawa, right? Yeah, so yeah, I'm based in yeah. Ottawa. No, we we, awesome. we do have football here. It's just a little bit different than you guys. We've got, yeah. you know, it's 110 yards, three downs. There's football stadium is about 500 meters from my house. But yeah, the tailgate experience is just not there, unfortunately. And the other thing I want people to know is let's be clear. Even though Sean is going to start teaching us how to get into sous vide, this dude makes amazing barbecue. Amazing 
barbecue as well. So he's right in the wheelhouse with us as far as that's concerned. But, you know, for me, sous vide is something that I've always seen on the side. And it was like this kind of the concepts are interesting to me, but I just had never really pulled the trigger and gotten into it. And uh, Sean jumped in. And when I went to his house and he made uh, some sous vide uh, pork loins that were with the jerk dipping sauce and, you know, a full, you know, I, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Hey, come over for dinner. OK, great. You know, what's for dinner? Oh, we got this 35 course meal. Have a seat. It's on and popping. That's what we went through. And it was freaking fantastic. So what made you get into sous vide, Sean? Uh, you know, I had a couple of friends that, that got into it around the same time, which is probably the best way to go about it because I, I you know, I'm, I'm guessing that this is maybe a bit new to some of the, uh, you know, the folks that are listening. So anytime you take like a new type of cooking, you want to, you want people that are experimenting with you, right? Um, I mean, this is what I do. When I, I mean, I appreciate you, you talking me up, but when I, when I want to grill something or smoke something, the first person I call is you, Chris. So, and you, you have to have, it's always, it's useful to have people that are trying other things and then can give you tips and tricks. And I, I had a couple of friends that I think invested in it at the same time. There's a, you know, historically sous vide was more of a, you know, something I think domain of the restaurants, restaurants used it to, you know, do these long preps. Um, equipment was more expensive, but now there's units that are, you know, I, $150, $100, a lot more accessible. And so, you know, a lot of people that I knew were buying it and I thought I'd give it a try as well. And uh, super glad I did. Now, are you using restaurant level equipment or are you using more consumer grade equipment? Yeah, definitely consumer grade. Um, I don't know. You can mention brand names here, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So (laughs) I would say, so Innova is probably the the company that really took sous vide to the masses. Um, I'd say it's, it's probably about 10 years ago that they released it. Um, but instead of a you know a big rig setup, uh, it, it's basically just a column. It's like probably about the size of a, an immersion circulator, and it just has a, like a, a generic clamp. So you don't even need to buy you know restaurant setups would usually have a pretty extensive you know bin or a pool of water that you know this would hook onto. You can just I hook it up to my lobster pot. You know, I've got I bought a couple of bins recently that you can clamp it onto. Um, I've even had it uh, in one of my large uh, kitchen sinks. I've just sort of duct taped it on the side when I had to do something really big. So, it, it, yeah, it's a lot more accessible. It's it's pretty inexpensive, so it's not too uh, it's not a huge investment to get into, which is nice. So, if we were to take a step backwards, can you just kind of for the fans of this episode or this show, what 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 exactly is sous vide? Well, Chris, sous vide is uh, Spanish for whale's vagina. Um, oh, wait a second. That's, that's, that's San Diego. Sorry. I always get confused. San Diego, sous vide. Um, I, I hope somebody's watched Anchorman around, so that's going to be the weirdest <laughs> reference ever. Um, Guaranteed if folks listening to this have most of them have probably seen Anchorman. <laughs> uh, this is Rod, Rod said, I, I live in Ottawa and I'm about three miles from the Quebec border. So I have like a workable level of French. So sous vide is a French term. Sous means under, vide means uh, vacuum or under vacuum, under vacuum seal, basically. So it's kind of like the two tenets of sous vide cooking. You're, you're, you're taking, uh, you know, a protein or a vegetable, you're sealing it up. Sometimes you're vacuum sealing it. Uh, you could also, you know, just put it into a Ziploc and remove the air and uh, cooking it in a bath of water. I mean, it's as simple as that. So uh, I kind of look at it as, you know, 
cooking and immersed in a bath of water. That's what sous vide is. And correct me if I'm wrong, but what I understand is the whole thing about it is that the sous vide device keeps the temperature at like a perfect temperature. So it ends up cooking uh, the food all day over a, or over a long period of time till it's like cooked perfectly. Yeah, this is why it makes perfect sense for you, Chris. It's low and slow, right? It's uh, I so here's how here's how I explain it to people. Um, you know, for the kind of like the uninitiated into sous vide, take a chicken breast and say you're going to cook it, you know, on your grill. So, you know, you, you season up the chicken breast, you set your big green egg at 350 degrees. I mean, I know you get it perfect every time, right? It's You got to cook it like 15, 16 minutes. You get it just, you know, perfect 167 degrees in the middle. Um, but, you know, there's not a whole lot of room for error. You can overcook chicken and that's, just, you know, maybe it takes 20 minutes to cook that chicken breast. But if you leave it in there for half an hour, you know, what it's going to do, it's going to get, you, it's, it's open in the grill. So you're going to lose more moisture out of it. Uh, it's going to dry out and it's going to get higher in temperature. If you leave it in for an hour, leave it in for two hours, eventually it's going to be the same temperature as the grill, right? So if you leave it in there for two, three hours, it's going to be 350 degree chicken breast that you're dealing with. So what sous vide does is, you know, the cooking element is the water. So you set the the water at the exact temperature that you want to end up at. So say for you know chicken breast, it's 150 degrees Fahrenheit. It doesn't matter if you leave it in there for an hour or leave it in for four hours. It's never going to go above 150 degrees Fahrenheit. So you've got that control of temperature. It's, it's never going to get uh, overcooked. And because you've sealed it, you've vacuum sealed it, or you put it in a Ziploc, all the moisture it's it's going to stay in. It's got nowhere to go. So that, that's kind of like the intro to it. You, it so you can't go wrong. Um, you, you know, you, if you want a uh, perfect ribeye, medium rare, 125 degrees, put it in a sous vide. It'll keep that water exactly at 125 degrees the whole cooking cycle, which is great. So when you're when you, do you, will you say now that whenever you're grilling stuff, you always go sous vide? Um, or no, 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 I still throw through stuff right on the grill and don't, I don't bother with it sometimes. No, I, I, so I love that you guys are talking about sous vide with grill because that's, that's new to me, a little newer to me. I, I started off, um, mainly just using it for, for indoor cooking. Um, and then I started to, then I thought, well, this actually makes a lot of sense for some things that I do on the grill where you really want to have that precision. So, you know, I would if, say, for example, uh, you know, I wanted to do a quick steak and, and right now it's, you know, it's freezing outside. You know, I could put it in the, uh, put it in the sous vide, 125 degrees, take it out. And then I just sear it in a cast iron pan. But, you know, I also have a big green egg. So you want a little bit of that, you know, smoky flavor on it. So, you know, especially you got a nice thick steak. Those are the ones you, you really don't want. You want to be careful not to overcook. Um, started off in the sous vide. I always kind of aim it a little low because, you know, you want to get some good smoke when you put it on the grill. So I want to, you know, I want to leave it on for a few minutes. And the thing with the sous vide is when it typically when it comes out, it's done. It just needs, just needs some texture. You want to, you know, you want to give it some grill marks. Or you want to give it a bit of an outside sear. So yeah, cook it under a little bit and then, uh, and then put, you know, I've got the big green egg lit up, put it on, get a little bit of that natural hardwood smoke and, and yeah, it's great. So I do that quite a bit now. And then, you know, we've also, um, actually, I think Chris, you turned me on to, to doing the full on brisket, uh, sous vide and that, that Ooh. was like, yeah, that Ooh. was, that was, like, why not? You know, if you're doing yeah. everything else, why not? So wait, you've done a brisket sous vide. 
was, I think it was you, Chris, wasn't it? We I, we talked about it, but I never, I didn't know that you actually had went went ahead and did it. I think you may have, you probably talked to somebody else that helped you uh, get it rolling. I feel like I just credit you with anything grill related, so you know, I'll, I'll get, I'm going to give you that one. But I, I so the legend grows. <laughs> the biggest thing, so I mean, I, I, I'm, I do a lot of, um, you know, pork shoulders on the egg. The thing with the brisket, and you, you guys know this. I mean, is keeping it moist, right? Um, and oh man, it, this was this was like a game changer for me. Um, I have a buddy who's a food scientist, so good friend to have when it comes to stuff like this. And he has his sous vide rig, and used. You know, we just we just attach it to a, just a regular big you know kitchen pot, so there's no lid for it because you know you've got the sous vide hole. So with the, with the brisket, it can take 48 hours. So it's an it's an investment. You've got it in water for a while. And so what we did is put it in, uh, submerge, you know, you get the brisket, you get your dry rub, uh, you do it all up, vacuum seal it, get it in the water, and then cover the top with ping pong balls. <laughs> so this is, a, I remember, I this is like, a, this is like a grill and, and science show, right? So the science here is, you know, the problem is over time, if, for that length of period, you're going to get some evaporation from the water. So you go to bed and you wake up and the water level's gone down because, you know, you've got it at a high enough temperature that the water's coming off. So the ping pong balls kind of capture the water and keep it all in for you. So it's kind of a, it looks really cool to see. It looks super cool. You can also, you know, I've since gone out and bought like a, a, a special, you know, clear plastic bin that has the cutout for the, uh, um, for the sous vide um, machine, so you can actually put a lid on top as well. But you know, I think the thing, you know, the takeaway here is, you know, there's a pretty low barrier to entry, right? So you don't have to invest in all that stuff. You just get the actual unit itself. You know, pick it up on Amazon or whatever, and you can just hook it up to any pot you have, basically. So that leads me into the what one of the things that I really like to do, and we started doing in the last couple of episodes. So could you give? Somebody that's listening to the show is thinking, has been wrestling with with uh, starting some sous vide. Could you give us like three tips to getting started with sous vide? Yeah, um, for sure. I, I, you know, my the top. I think my number one tip would be just to start simple. Um, I'm a big proponent of if I'm going to buy any kind of appliance, I better use it often. Like I, I don't buy appliances anymore that sit around. And so I don't want to go in heavy and buy all this extra equipment that I'm not going to use. All you know, with the way that they they make, you know, Innova is the one that I uh, I own, and there's but there's a number of other brands that have a very similar uh, unit, and it's it's nice. It's portable because it's just a single a single column. You don't need to you know buy the containers that are specialized for it. You don't even need to buy the vacuum sealer. If you happen to have one around, that's great. Like, I mean, maybe if, you, if you're used to freezing a lot of proteins and stuff, you, you might have one. But you can just use Ziplocs. You put it in a Ziploc, slowly submerge the, you know, the protein or the, or the veg or whatever into the water and remove all the air, and it's, it'll do the same thing for you. And, I mean, who doesn't have Ziplocs hanging around? So start, start simple. And you know, they're easy to find, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're super easy uh, to find online. The second tip I'd say is, if you're new to this, keep an open mind. It's going to be different than what you're used to. One of the things you, you mentioned low and kind of, you know, cooking low and slow earlier. You're, so the thing with, if you look at like the FDA recommendations for where you have to cook meat to, you know, you, you have to cook chicken to 167 degrees, right? And yep. the reason they say that is 
anybody, right? The guy at McDonald's is going to cook it to that temperature and you know you're not going to die because 167 degrees, all the bacteria is going to uh, get killed off within seconds. But the reality is it's kind of like a, a logarithmic curve, right? So you can kill off all the bacteria at 160 degrees or even 150 degrees. It's just going to take a lot longer. So that's why when you see these these recipes for um, you know for cooking you know chicken, it'll say minimum. You you can stand as long as you want, but usually there's a minimum and a maximum time, and the minimum might be an hour and a half, and that's because that's the least amount of time you're going to need to kill off all the bacteria. Still, it's entirely food safe, but it's a bit of a mental you know hump that some people have to get over. It's going to look pinker and pink pink and chicken. You know that sometimes right. is a little uh, a little off footing. <laughs> Only a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I would say. Oh, and so last one is just try everything. I mean, it, why not experiment, right? This is it's new, and I, there's so many things. Uh, trust me, I, I still I've had I've had a sous vide probably for four or five years now. I still find things I haven't thought of that are are amazing. So um, I know on the grilling side, we you know we we've done briskets and definitely done lots of lots of steaks and. Uh, proteins like that it's it's fantastic for vegetables though so let's say let's say this is a bit too much of a leap for you because you're used to like smoking on on your grill the entire time right so do your protein on the grill do your veg in the sous vide because you know what happens when people you know throw um throw veg in the oven it's always you know overcooked you get these really mushy carrots you can get just a perfect al dente on like a carrot or a potato or a brussels sprout one of the most life-changing things I've done in the sous vide is the perfect soft poached uh, breakfast egg. Just uh, it takes 45 minutes, but trust me, you'll never have anything better in your life. Um, you got to mm. you got to try try just try everything. There's tons of recipes and and sites out there that have uh, techniques for these things, and yeah, I mean it's it's totally worth it. Okay, that's really cool. So while you have the and those tips were fantastic. So for me, because now I'm going to make this my homework assignment. Hmm. And so when I talk to people about doing barbecue, one of the first things I say, okay, okay you can do it. You're going you're gonna to have a learning curve. You're definitely going to make some trash, but you will uh, overcome. And I always point out, it's like, if you want to start with something, start with chicken, start with pulled pork. I think those two are probably the most forgiving things you can smoke. Um, and then you move, you know, brisket, I would say leave for last <laughs> because you definitely don't want to ruin that expensive piece of meat. And the, and the line between good and terrible is very thin. Is there a, does that hold kind of true for uh sous vide or can you just really just start with anything because of the, the, the nature of how it works? Um, you know, the other reason, Chris, I said, you know, try lots of stuff. I've actually found, so there's some things that I think benefit from sous vide. Like they're, they're a better product as a result. And there's some things that, yeah, I tried them. They weren't disasters, but I, I'd much like, I'd much rather do them just direct on the grill. So I'll give you an example. So I, I do steaks all the time in sous vide, right? Get a ribeye steak, nice and thick. I don't want to have it overcooked. I'm, I've got friends over. Um, it, there's a huge convenience factor because you can just put it in and forget it uh, in the sous vide. And then when you're ready to go, you can finish it off on the grill. Um, I, I love flank steak marinated for you know, 24, 48 hours. I, I've tried that in the sous vide. For me, man, I like 
the caramelization that you get on the grill. And I, I just found didn't have enough time to get that when I was sous vide and just doing. Because keep in mind when you when you're uh, you know putting a protein in the in the water bath and it's coming out you know, it's a steak, it's coming at 124, 125 degrees. If you put it on the grill for four or five minutes aside after that, you're going to have a well-done steak, right? So you, you really flash sear. You want to go high and you want to go quick on the sear. Um, right. So I, I just, I found that, you know, there's a few things on the, on the veg side, because I think this is great, right? If you, if maybe you're just doing a uh, pulled pork on the grill, on the smoker, and you want to do the veg in the sous vide, I, I love Brussels sprouts, but same thing. I like them caramelized. I like them slow, you know, on the, I've tried them in, in the sous vide. And it, for me, it's just the texture thing. I, so, you know, but I tried it, moved on last year. I think, I don't know who, uh, what gave me the idea, but you know, I, I take my sous vide to the cottage cause that's just the type of guy I am and, uh, picked up some fresh, uh, corn on the cob on the way. This is like, you know, July or August. Mm. And I, you know, so I shucked the corn threw in some, uh, you know, butter, salt, pepper, vacuum sealed it and like 183 degrees. I think it was for 40 minutes, best corn I've ever had in my life. Most tender infused corn. Oh, it was, it was fantastic. So I think that you just got to keep trying things and, and that, there you go. I mean, maybe, maybe you prefer doing your pulled pork on the smoker. Then you got just the absolute perfect corn on the side. And so I, I, I look at sous vide as like one of the elements in the, in the meal, right? It's not necessarily, it doesn't always have to be the star. It's just one of the methods that I use. So it's not like a, you know, cause I, I know when I first looked at it, like everyone talks about sous vide your steak and they're like, you get the perfect cooked steak. And of course you're thinking, I already know how to get the perfect cooked steak without <laughs> this machine, but let me hear you out. So one thing I've heard people say is you can, you can, you know, you set your sous vide to let's say 130, you get your steak perfect. But if you want to sear it, uh, some people will say ice bath it to cool down the outer outside of it and then to go to the grill, like pat it, pat it down to dry it off a little bit, and then go and try to get your sear then. Because by cooling the outside, you might get a two minute sear versus a one minute sear or a 30 second sear. Um, are there any tips or like other things like that that you'd recommend or you, you, you've tried out uh, from either ice bath or, you know, let it sit for a couple of minutes, put it in the fridge just to bring that temperature down just a little bit? Because I would imagine most people aren't taking a steak off today and just cutting and eating it. They're letting it rest anyway. So the temperature is, is naturally pulling down within a, you know, from, you know, 130 to 115, 100 when they're eating it. Yep. So that, that chilling for a second to sear it, you can – is that crazy or no? No, no. I, that's I've always heard with with proteins, it's it's kind of like a double rest, right? Like you said, normally you grill the steak, you take it off, and you you know you always rest it for a few minutes to you know let the juices come back in. Um, with sous vide, I've always the, I've always rested it after I take it out of the bath before I do the sear. Um, and yeah, if you I'm, that's a great idea, right? Add a bit of ice or um, maybe even pop it in the fridge for a few minutes just to bring it down a little bit because the end of the day, you know, everybody's here because we love grilling. So you want to, you want to get that benefit from the end result without yeah. having to taking that kind of hit and miss out of the process. Right. That was actually the biggest thing that when I got into it, I looked at sous vide as like one of these, you know, it was on the same level as, you know, dehydrators and all these crazy machines that like these high end restaurants would have. It's yeah. like a science thing. And I, I was chatting to, um, one of my colleagues recently who lives in California and something I never, never even thought about this, uh, this 
buying it for this reason, but a lot of her friends, they have family, they have kids. And for them, it's a convenience thing. They, you know, they just prep the proteins for the week. It's a nice thing is you can, you know, whether you're just seasoning it or dry rubbing or wet marinade, put it in the bag. You can freeze it. You can be all ready to go for the week. And they just, you know, pop it frozen right in the sous vide. You just add a like 50% extra time. It brings it back up to temp and then cooks it from there. And you can put it in four hours early and then, you know, family comes home and you got, you got dinner ready. Right. So it, it takes actually some of the guesswork out of the prep, which. Yeah. I like, mm. especially if you're taking a kid to like soccer practice or baseball practice or something, you can throw it in before you leave. And as you said, it can be in the water bath for an extra 30, 45 minutes, an hour. And if you're running a little late getting home, all you know is that you do the final couple minutes of prep, which might be a 10 minute quick ice bath while the grill's getting to piping hot and then sear, sear, and you're ready to go. Um, can, do you get the same leniency from a cooking with your veg, veggies where if you leave them in a little longer, like you do a protein or no, they got to come off, you know, within a smaller window of time. There's, so it sort of depends on what you're cooking. There's usually a lower limit, which is, well, more important for protein. Well, it's important just to get, you know, to the right, uh, to bring it up to the temperature that you want it. So for vegetables, it's usually a lot shorter, usually like 30 minutes and you're, you're kind of at that temperature. You're also cooking vegetables, you know, a lot higher temperature than proteins generally. Then there's an upper limit. So the nice thing is it's never going to go over temperature, but if you leave a steak in for eight hours, it's going to start to break apart a little break bit. Down, and then, yeah. yeah, you're going to, it's not, it's not going to be as uh, wholesome as it was when it went in. So that's going to be a little bit more pronounced with, you know, I've done potatoes a few times in, uh, in the sous vide and, you know, they're going to start to get mushy after four or five hours, but yeah. So it usually goes shorter, but that corn on the cob, which was winter, um, 30 minutes, it was just, absolutely perfect and so i got a bunch of questions and i hope chris doesn't mind me dominating now nah, do you think how do you okay so a steak you know you're cooking it on you have the the finger test where you you know you kind of put your finger here if it feels like this it's you got that or you just you know put a probe in it and you say oh it's 130 it's it's medium rare ready to go and you take it off and you go with sous vide it's in a bag so i can't probe it uh, i i could put my hand in hot water and try to tap it but how do you know that in, in the middle it's done? Is, is it because the water temperature when you put it in decreases and you're waiting for it to come back up to temperature? Or is it really a, a time and a a time element, which is put it in, it'll keep the water at 130 and you just trust it in an hour and a half that it's actually all at temp? Yeah, I think it, I think it's the latter. It's a bit of a trust. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a trust fall where okay. you, there's a bit of judgment, I would say. you If, if, I, if I'm cooking a, pretty thin steak i know that an hour is going to be good if i've if i if i've gone high end to the butcher and bought like a two inch steak i'm probably going to keep it in for at least two hours but that that's just sort of guesswork and most of the recipes uh will will kind of give you some guidelines okay but you you know when it comes to proteins you know not all proteins are equal you could have a small scrawny chicken breast or you could have you know the one you get from the butcher, which is twice the size, and right. yeah, you want to you want to you want to keep it a little longer. So, I I, I say for the most, it's not unless I'm really I've really started last minute. Uh, I'm usually keeping all the proteins in for at least a couple of hours. Um, Do you yeah. double bag? Um, or, or, or have oh, you ever had bag. the disaster of? <laughs> Damn it! I didn't know there was a hole in that bag. <laughs> uh, Ruin the meal. 
I, you know, no, 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 now you're great. Just added to my like list of anxieties. Um, <laughs> the, I, I've done, so I, I do have a vacuum sealer, um, which I like, but it is not particularly good with, um, with wet marinades. And yeah, so, it starts you know, pulling the juices out of the marinade. Exactly. So there's there's some some things that I do in the sous vide where I you know I just have to use a Ziploc, and that always fills me with a little bit of anxiety. I've never had one um, break open, uh, but it's just it's you got to be you know just a little bit careful when you put in a double double bagging it would help. I think it would be actually a little be be a bit harder to get all the air out. Yeah. This is the one. This oh. is one of the. This is one of the the challenges with the CV, particularly if you're using like a um, using a Ziploc. You get a little bit of air in that bag, and it wants to float. Yeah. And then now your now your challenge is what are you going to weigh it down with? That, that's the only frustration I've ever had with the CV is um, when I have to start you know throwing ceramic pots and all sorts of things in it just to keep it underwater. Um, so yeah. apparently, when you're vacuum sealing something with that has like a liquid in it. If you, you're supposed to like fold up some paper towel and put it at the edge and then vacuum seal it. And then the paper towel is supposed to kind of block the, the liquid from coming out. Something like that. Tips and tricks by Chris. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, I, I'd never heard that. I, I, I know there are some uh, vacuum sealers that are better at managing liquid than I mine. Press yeah. the stop button. Yeah, you just put it right you, on the edge. Yeah. And I know you're supposed to, the other tip is if you're vacuum sealing or anyway sealing, you're supposed to take your proteins and put them side by side and try to get a little gap space between them is the other thing I think I've seen yeah. people say. Um, because I know Chris and I are going to get a machine and attempt to uh, see how much we can destroy. A, um, or if we just say, all right, I'm done. I'm never going to try to do the <laughs> – you know, put a probe in here and figure out if it's the it's the right temperature again. I think the biggest thing that you said, and you know, we try to stress. We we did a whole episode on planning for like a big barbecue or a big cookout, and one of the things we stressed is timing. And I could easily see how incorporating a sous vide device would definitely help with a lot of the preparation that we do, you know, because yeah, obviously I've, I've thrown down for tons and tons of people and just, just as simple as doing the veggies in it or something like that. No, but stuffing I could see in there, you know, for sure. Um, definitely carrots, corn. I love, um, but, uh, any type of vegetable that would add to the mix, broccoli, I like to do. And I don't know why I've ever since I started losing weight, then I got into eating broccoli. I always hated broccoli, but I could definitely do some broccoli and then toss, toss it in some, uh, some of my favorite, uh, barbecue rubs, which is one of my favorite things to do as a side yeah. to go with like a brisket. Man, you ain't playing no games anymore at this point. So, so. Oh, good. Go ahead, Rod. Then I got a qu- I got an interesting. I was question. wondering, as Chris said, with it's all about timing. How do you like when you're cooking and you're having friends over and you're like, I'm going to sous vide and we're going to have steak. Um, do you talk to people before and say, "How do you like your steak cooked? Medium, medium rare." You're not invited because you said, "Well done." Like, or because <laughs> with the sous vide again, you're do you just say, "Look, I'm going to start them all off for rare," or whatever the 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 least common denominator. So if the one person likes rare, I'm going to start everybody off at rare. And then for everyone else, I'll, I'll, I'll get to the desired cook on the grill. Or is it like, no, I serve it medium rare. That's it. 
no yeah, and <laughs> that, that's definitely one of the limitations, right? Is you, you, everything gets cooked at the same temp. I, I, yeah, I think it's easier just to get like-minded friends. Uh, <laughs> I, the, I mean, you could you could invest in a few different sous vides, or, or you know, the challenge with cooking them all at rare and then trying to bring you know one or two up to medium is you're you're adding a bit of guesswork into it. Um, but you, you can certainly do it. At least you're you're further along, right? They're 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 pretty close. You're, you're probably just talking a couple minutes aside. But that, that's a little trial and error because you're you're not cooking the steak from raw. You're cooking it from you know pretty close to, to being done. I, uh, yeah, no, I don't seem to have this issue, um, with, with my friends. Um, and also I, maybe I'm just like, uh, maybe I just don't give them the option. That's probably, probably why that's probably the easier way to do it. Problem. Yeah. So you have one, I'm assuming you have one machine cause you, and so if you're cooking steak and veggies, you, you get the steak to where it needs to be. You pull that off, you heat up the water more, get your veggies in, and then cook your veggies while you're getting ready to finish the protein. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've done that a few times. Um, yeah, exactly. So I've, you know, put my veggies in first veggies are going to be, well, you can go either way and go either way around. Um, I think I've actually done veggies first, but then you got to bring okay. the temperature, temperature down quite a bit. Well, cause they're less finicky, right? Once they're cooked, they're cooked. They're pretty easy to bring just to heat up at the end where I really yeah. want the pro- protein to come off and have a nice rest. And I, I, I kind of, I think when I plan out, I think Chris was exaggerating when he said that he comes here for 38 course meals. But if I, if I am doing like say a six course meal, um, I, I just, now I just earmark the sous vide for one of the courses and it's great. Cause that's the course that you've prepped before you were talking about, you know, managing a full on barbecue, uh, planning it out time, time management. That one's done. I don't have to worry about it. I just, sometime when, after people arrive, I put, you know, drop the proteins in and, uh, that's the easiest course I've got. So I, I don't often do it where it's every, it's every single course in the meal. Um, I, you know, I usually kind of pick, is it, am I doing, uh, you know, am I doing carrots in the sous vide this time or am I doing my steaks in it? And it's just, yeah, definitely, definitely makes it so much easier to prep. So along those lines, one of the things we like to provide is just like a estimated timeline. So let's just say you were doing a nice New York strip steak, and some veggies and, uh, you know, maybe some mashed potatoes that you, you know, you either do on the sous vide or not. Um, I'm sure you, I'm, I know for a fact you've done meals pretty similar to that. So overall, what would be the, you know, the, the cook time for all of that stuff? Uh, so, so we've got the mashed potatoes, we've got the steak. What was the first one? Uh, what did I say? New York strip <laughs> steak, mashed carrots. potatoes, and uh, yes, yeah, so whatever veggie. It doesn't matter. You got some. Ve- yeah. So, uh, so let let me preface it like this. I know that if I'm having folks over for dinner, and I'm going to do the same meal, right? Yeah. For me, I got to those mashed potatoes. They got to be in the oven, or they, I got to boil them down first. So they're already going to be on the oven for at least an hour or so. And then I know I'm going to season the steaks and probably about five minutes or 10 minutes before everybody starts to arrive, they're coming out of the refrigerator. They're going to you know, start to come up to room temperature. And then the carrots, I'll probably wait till everybody gets there. Um, I'll either saute them. So I know they're going to be quick. You know what I mean? So I can kind of guess that to I can prep everything. I can cook everything within an hour. And then everybody can eat like a nice, hot, ready to meal. So I'm just trying to think along those lines. If I had a sous vide, how do I plan the same type of like, how do I work my times? 
Well, if I was going to do both the veg and the protein in the sous vide, and I, I don't, I do don't do that all the time because it is a little. If I've only, if you're only a one sous vide family like I am, um, it's a little more uh, planning. Uh, but I would do the, I would get the veg out of the way early. I would do the carrots early because um, once they're cooked, they're cooked. You can, you could pop them back in the water, the steak water later on, and just bring them up to to eating temperature, right? So I would do those a few hours before. Um, and this sounds daunting, right? Cause then we're talking hours and hours where you just want a quick meal with some friends. But the nice thing is it's all done and kind of dusted and your friends show up. And this is why it was one of the reasons I love sous vide is I would 10, 15 years ago, I'd invite a bunch of people over to entertain and I would just spend the whole time cooking and not talking to people having fun. Um, now it's, you know, I, I would start a couple hours beforehand, put the carrots in, for you know whatever with some butter some salt and pepper a little spice put them in for an hour they're done right you can just heat them up before you're, you're ready to eat and then bring the temperature down like you said you know a little bit of, maybe an hour before your your guests arrive put the steaks in you're going to leave them in for a couple hours and then when you're ready the potatoes i i would not do mashed potatoes in a sous vide i I'll, I'll tell you actually if, if I, so if that was my if you gave me these ingredients as my uh you know this is what i need to make a meal out of tonight i would make the mashed potatoes in the morning i would let them starch up in the uh, in the refrigerator grab a cedar plank and then just use an ice cream scoop and scoop those mashed potatoes onto the cedar plank and then finish them off on the grill and trust me if you've not had cedar plank mashed potatoes like it, it, it's next level you understand this, folks. My man <laughs> does know how to use his smoker. Like every time I tell somebody I like to do barbecue, they're like, "Have you tried Sean Barker's cedar plank?" You know, <laughs> enter in whatever cedar plank, mostly the nachos. But uh, and I'm like, no, I do my own thing. But me and Sean talk all the time. <laughs> you know, I get so jealous. <laughs> like nobody says, "Have you had Chris Ashley's?" Nachos? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did you say cedar plank nachos and mashed potatoes? Here we uh, go. Here we go. Yeah, well, I I don't mean to like no. to like glam up your dinner here, Chris, but we didn't have an appetizer, which so we have to get some nachos going on for that. Uh hundred percent. Yeah. You need some cheese curd, you need some jalapeno drizzle, nachos, you know, some pulled pork from your leftovers from Chris's dinner the night before. Oh, that's the pictures yeah. look ridiculous i just never had it because you know most of the times i'm talking about is when i'm you know on my hardcore dieting uh but i would suspend that to enjoy but you know, all the folks that i work with and that you know we're our mutual friends they've taken this recipe from sean and they they just rant and rave about his cedar cedar plank nacho so when sean comes back and we actually do you know a barbecue conversation uh we'll we'll probably talk about that a little bit more so I, I know I, I want to be respectful for your time, but uh, let's assume that there's probably a couple people out here who are going to say, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to kick the can. And I'm going to go ahead and get a sous vide, and I'm going to do a meal for my family. Part of it will be sous vide, part won't. I want some a nice wine to pair with a meal. So you're, and I want it to be a multi course meal because most of us are like the courses are dinner <laughs> and find what you want for dessert <laughs> and leave me alone. So give us a meal uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to try to take notes for like a a prep meal. And if you're willing to give some like recipes that we can put in here, that would be awesome. But, and then give me a wine that you'd recommend pairing with this meal. It it doesn't matter what it is. It could even be, you know, what you pulled out of the the cupboard to serve Chris because he said it was delicious. (laughs) Um, 
What would you, yeah, what would you do? Like if you were putting together a meal for somebody, let's go with, since we're not going to go 37 courses just to save some time. You said, is it typical six? You say sound for you? Oh, uh, no, that's not typical. Uh, you know, just, just when, just when Chris comes up, you gotta, you gotta do it special. But, uh, so I, I'm always about doing it, you know, a mix of, um, a techniques, right? So I'm not going to, just like I'm not going to grill everything. I'm not going to necessarily grill the app and the main and the veg. Um, I'm not going to sous vide everything in the meal either. I, I mean, look at, I mean, this is the perfect time of year for like a good fall soup. I'm a big soup fan. It's it's the simplest thing to wow uh, guests with. It, um, I'm also big about prepping ahead now. When I used to start cooking for friends like 15 years ago, the joke would be that uh, usually the main course would happen sometime around 11 o'clock or midnight. Um, and, and it did sometimes after. So uh, soup is something you can make, you know, the morning of or even the day before. And like, I, so my go-to, like if you, you're coming over, you guys are coming over tomorrow night, you're going to enjoy like a butternut squash, uh, roasted butternut squash soup. Um, you know, the way you can dress up a soup too, it's all the garnish. I've, I've had times when just, you know, I, I, I'm sure if I was in Chris's house, I'd have a lot more to work with, but you know, just cause he probably just has like cooked pork shoulders hanging around all the time. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, make a pretty basic butternut, um, squash soup. You know, if you happen to have a pumpkin, you can take the seeds out and roast them. It's a fancy little texture thing on the top, but I, I've, I've had some po- pulled pork just hanging around from a couple nights before just crisp some of that in a frying pan and it, it's a perfect little garnish on top, a little bit of cream on, you know, as a garnish and people go, wow, it's really, it looks restaurant quality and it did not take any work, right? It, soup is the easiest thing to make. I always start right. with this. Uh, okay. You if, may, if you're going to serve, serve some wine with that soup, what would you tell me to get? So I, I mentioned squash soup too, just because of the time of year. I don't know, you know, what temperature it is where you are, but you know, it was like under freezing this morning when I woke up. So uh, <laughs> y- you want like a nice, you know, nice fall soup, a little spice in there to to warm you up. And uh, squash soups usually pretty heavy, so you're usually with wine pairing, usually going for contrast, right? You want something that's going to be a little bit lighter. I mean, you can do two things. You can contrast your wine pairing, so you it's totally different than what you're what your food is that you're eating, or you can kind of get something that's a little more complimentary that, you know, kind of brings out the best in the food, but it's sort of similar with, with squash soup, good Chardonnay, you know, it's nice and creamy and smooth. And so is the soup, right? That's, that's probably what I would do is, you know, get a little, uh, California Chardonnay, um, uh, we'll let you yeah. give us a. We'll let you give. A, I'll let you. You and Chris. You can send us the get <laughs> this wine. Get because I know I walk in there's a bros of Chardonnay. All right, so great. We got course one done. Now let's get to another course. Yeah. Wow. Um, talk about being put on the spot here. Um, <laughs> we, can uh, let you th- we can let you think about this off air. And, uh, <laughs> we, can, uh, we can put it into the show notes. It's totally fine. But I've I've always wanted to do like one of those where you have a bunch of people over and you do this multi course meal. And what you, I think anybody's fear who hasn't done it like you've been doing it over twelve years is I don't want to overfill people on one course and equally I don't want to be serving at midnight or cooking for hours. So yeah, if you could think about it um, and maybe just come back to Chris and say, Hey, here's a, mm-hmm. I love the butternut squash, but maybe there might be like a move from here to here, small servings as you go through, if you're going to get through a six course meal, but that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, I always start with a small appetizer of some sort. That's a good, good thing. You, know, you can always find something like a, you know, a little chicken saute to smoke up on the grill pretty quick or, um, 
And for us, you did a, you did the soup, and then you did the salad, and then uh, there was something in between that was oh the Brussels sprouts you did maybe a little grilled uh, grilled chicken uh, spinach salad that that's a nice little you know throw a soup course in throw a salad you know grill up a uh, chicken breast on the uh, on the egg and a little bacon vinaigrette spinach salad I I, I also try to space things out sometimes too i'm all i mean i'm just as much about you know eating as that i'm just having fun with the people that are over so you don't want to like i I get it you don't want to fill people up um so you just sort of spread it out over a couple hours and maybe take a break i like yeah we were there (laughs) like we we left our meetings and we went straight to your house and we were probably there till midnight you know probably from like four well We'll pretend it was six, but <laughs> it was probably <laughs> like four. <laughs> we may we had definitely had a blast. I've done yeah. some desserts too, um, you know, on the grill. Um, I, well, you probably guessed. Like I, I, I love my, uh, I love planking. Um, it's kind of like baking, but on the on a grill, right? So cedar plank, or you can use maple or other ones, but uh, really, really simple dessert that I've or I've actually used as an appetizer too. Uh, if you can get fresh fresh figs and just uh, cut them uh, lengthwise, cut, cut a cross into them, put a little bit of smoked cheese in there, wrap it with some prosciutto, and then just pop that. You know, if you have some uh, liqueur or something sitting around, just to marinate it in. But you can just take it like that, drizzle a little honey on it, put on a cedar plank, and that works as a dessert with, you know, maybe a little bit of a sweet wine if you got it. Um, also works great as an appetizer. It's, it's, small, it's a little small portion, but people will go, holy cow. So you said fresh figs with prosciutto. Yeah, just a little, uh, fresh fig, just kind of cut it open, put a little yeah. bit of, like, you can get like a smoked gouda or smoked cheddar, just something smoky, and then wrap, wrap a little prosciutto around the outside. Oh, I love smoked man, gouda. That's a, I love smoked gouda. That is a, it's a life-changing uh, appetizer for sure. And it's super easy. Like it looks fancy but it you know it doesn't take any time at all all right i, I think uh aside from the jerk season the jerk rub recipe that you found and you served me and i had a little tear well up in my eye because it was so good and you were gracious enough to give it to me i think this this my second favorite thing that you that you done for me is introduce me to uh uh, uh poutine Uh, so yeah i realize i don't have anything sous vide in my uh my perfect meal here but so let's let's bring this around so i did a um so if you don't know what poutine is it is a canadian technically a quebec specialty and it is it's taken me a while i i i i I was not a fan when i was i was younger i'm not a gravy on my mashed potatoes type of guy and this this poutine absolutely involves bringing gravy and potatoes together. So it's French fries, it's cheese, fresh cheese curd, and then gravy on top. That's like the simplest poutine. But just like, you know, you've got food trucks, you know, for anything, you people have really fancied up poutine up here. So you can get, you know, you can get lobster poutine, uh, probably one of the best poutines I've ever made myself. Uh, you know, I hand cut the fries, but I, I did, um, I probably had actually done a pork shoulder the night before for another dinner. So I had a lot of some leftover pulled pork. So it was, you know, fresh cut fries, cheese curds, made a a nice gravy from some chicken wings and bacon and all sorts of veg. And then some pulled pork on top of that. And yeah, it was, it was great. Um, 
Crazy. I think uh, from there, from you know, from the time that I've had it up there, I've been trying to come up with my own like awesome version. I think the one that so far was my favorite was instead of doing fries, I did a uh, yuca, and then I did it with the brisket and uh, gravy. And man, that joint was off the chains. So man, but uh, that's sounds, still one uh, of my favorite. Sounds things. healthy. Now, <laughs> I, d- I did actually use I did actually use sous vide in the production of that poutine because, and this is not for your, this is not like beginner level sous vide, but I made the cheese curds myself. Um, so one of my one of my pandemic side projects was uh, dipping my toes in the world of cheese making, and uh, the easiest types of cheeses to make. I mean, they're all a little bit difficult, but the easiest ones are the the fresh cheeses, like like a feta or a cheese curd or a queso fresco. I've made queso fresco for, and it turns out cheese is all about heating the milk to a very specific temperature. And it took me a little second to connect the dots there, but the sous vide is the absolute uh, perfect apparatus for, you know, heating up the milk as you get ready to, you know, make the curd and and cut them in and uh, cook them for, for making fresh cheese. And wow. I mean, it's, it's, that's not your, you're probably not doing that on a Thursday night when you're having some friends over, but uh, right. yeah, it's. Uh, and you got ridiculous with your bread making too. Yeah. So, the, so do you have the modernist <laughs> cuisine cookbook for bread? I'm assuming. Oh, yes, uh, he does. Why? Well, I have. You're looking uh, up the volume, the tone. <laughs> <laughs> my one, my, you know, the, the, you know, if if you don't know what the modernist cuisine is, it's I, I have the abridged version, but it's like a six volume uh, book that came. You know, it was a former Microsoft R and D manager that, that quit and decided to just basically build a test kitchen, and it, it's phenomenal. It's the photography is just uh, amazing. That's where I got the idea to do sous vide eggs. So I like a soft poached egg. Um, turns out. You could do it for uh, you know 144 degrees for 45 minutes in a sous vide. You just pop the egg in in the shell, um, and it is like soft poach, but ten times more velvety. It is it's it's life changing. Um, and I got that from the Modernist Cuisine book. Okay, so now you said you have the bridge version. So I know my boss is huge into bread making. So he has the Modernist Cuisine for bread, and he just recently got the pizza one. Um, and I listened to him and I, another gentleman works with me. He's Italian and the, listen to them talk about like ordering flour. And I always have to convert because they're talking about how many kilos of flour they're ordering. And I'm like, that's like 60 pounds of flour you guys are ordering. And then they're splitting it. It's like, it's this particular flour, but this is only for this type of bread. It's, I mean, it, it, you can go down a rabbit hole with bread making. Um, very excited to hear that you're, you've, you've delved into that, um, as well. I, yeah, I, you know, I have not gone to that level when it comes to pizza. I actually use my go-to pizza dough recipe is straight out of the Big Green Egg cookbook. Uh, I, I it has never failed me, and that's when I'm firing up the sous vide because I, you know, I'm my favorite pizza is going to have uh, probably some pesto on it. It's going to have some grilled chicken. It's going to have some you know, red onions, um, probably some sausage, that chicken's going in the sous vide. You know, I don't have to worry about it. It's done early in the day. And then, you know, it's going to take a couple hours to do the pizza dough and everything's going to be just perfect. Uh, when I fire it up on the egg and finish it all off. So yeah. Cool. So I'm getting, I'm getting, getting hungry here. Yeah. 
So I was going to let people know how they can, uh, one, we're going to wrap the show up now, but uh, we'll try to get Sean to do a couple wine picks to pair with this meal that I've tried to put together. I'll send you notes, Sean, and you can try to help me flush it out. If there's some pointers for some tips on recipes, it's awesome. If you, if you can, it's okay. Um, but uh, if you want to help support the show, head over to the Barbecue and Tech uh, website. You can either click on the Patreon link and become one of the many people who are helping sponsor the show. It's been fantastic from that. Um, you can click on the store link and go buy one of the cutting boards. I know Sean is probably an edge grain cutting board uh, owner himself. You can buy a cutting board, an ashtray for your cigars that you're smoking or any of the T-shirts. Or we always try to leave links for items that we talk about. So I'll make sure that the Innova uh, sous vide machine that Sean mentioned earlier, I'll leave a link to that in Amazon. If you click on that link, we're Amazon affiliates. So it, it does put a little bit of commission back in the store. You can get the same thing at, at Costco, I think, as well. So if you want to go the route, it's a little bit bigger package. It's about 200 bucks, but you can get it at Costco as well. So we'll try to put links to where you need to go to find a lot of these things. But Sean, Chris and I are going to get a machine. We're going to hmm. try this out. Whether it's success or failure, we will have you back on. And I think we're going to start with a protein, but we're absolutely going to try uh, a vegetable as well. And if you're willing to come back on the show at some point in time, we should talk about that. And we will definitely we'll recap our try our fail or our success. And then we're going to, you know, start getting to the intermediate conversations. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to be picking your brain at some point in time soon here because I would like a, uh, we're going to be doing a, uh, a prime rib for Christmas. Uh, and I want a recommendation on a, a good glass of wine that uh, we can pair with that, that um, I, I don't have to save an entire paycheck to buy. Oh, I can help you with that for sure. That sounds awesome. I'm, I'm coming to your place for Christmas, Rod. Hey, Chris, Anytime, Chris and Chris is going to have it as well. So you can, you can jump between the two and see, yeah. see who did better on their prime rib. It's not even, it's not even up for debate. <laughs> so mine will definitely be better. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, right. I appreciate you, my yeah, brother. Thank you so um, much. I can talk to you all day, man, but I really appreciate you being here. And folks, we appreciate you for supporting our show. Uh, again, uh, we'll see you on the next one. Make sure you tweet out the show, share it out, uh, rate and review the show, all of those good things to help us grow and hey, keep having these dope conversations. Until next time, we out. Please. Peace. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 